Okay, well, this is uh, this is a little awkward. Um, definitely a first here. Uh, my name is Johnny, and I am the host of Dang Old Podcast. And I, I say host because, well, I, I no longer have a co-host. Apparently, uh, literally, as the, the we're at the finish line here, uh, my co-host Mark decided to throw in the towel. He just couldn't couldn't handle it anymore. I guess. Um, there was something about the project that was just rubbing him the wrong way. And, you know, we, we decided, Hey, maybe it's best to just kind of part ways while well, I could finish it up. I could do the last of these on my own. Um, you know, I, I want to say it's mutual, but it's really hard for it to be mutual when you, you spend two years recording something with somebody and they just fucking bail on you. So anyway, uh, guys, welcome to the dangle podcast. It's a little bit of a somber opening. Um, we're going to start this week's episode with episode 255, the honeymooners. Uh, we're going to skip one episode because 254 is technically where we should be, but we're saving that one for last because it is canonically the final episode of King of the Hill. So we're going to scoot on over to the honeymooners original air date, May 3rd, 2010. This is written by Corrigan and Walsh. Uh, I, uh, I, normally I would just, uh, like ask my co-host who, what Corrigan and Walsh did, but I don't have one anymore, I guess. So, uh, I don't know. Oh God. Wait, do I, I, I might, I might hear some crackle. Is that who? No, 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 no. That can't be. Who is that? Who is that coming down the WrestleMania ramp? Can you whiz it? Y'all thought I was done. No, it wasn't. Mark is here. I took the mic from Johnny and just scoop slammed his ass. Ugh, I didn't quit this here dang old podcast. It was a joke. And you rubes, you all fell for it. And what are you going to do when the dang old podcast boys are back? And now we're going to run wild on you, King of the Hill. We coming for you. Well, that might be our most creative and, and divisive cold open yet, huh, buddy? It was great. You genuinely got me. I was kind of down. I was like, man, last week Mark quit the band. But it doesn't matter because now we're back together again. Na, na, na. La, 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 la. <laughs> Dang old podcast about King of the Hill. It's a retrospective rewatch. Okay, so here we are. We're back. Johnny, that was great. You played well into our own hand. Welcome back to the Dangle Podcast. Let's talk about this, but before we do, yes. this is in our final three episodes. Johnny, you have a terrible shot. I sent you a picture of a terrible shot of liquor that you brought me. So in a way, we are together and unified. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, buddy? Yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, did you share me a picture, a picture with me? Oh yes. You got the dir dirty, dirty, hairy Yes, I did. Awesome. Um, so, uh, Mark has got, uh, some Lacrites liquor, which is basically Jägermeister, but not Jägermeister, but Jägermeister is the only thing I could equate it to. Cause it's the only German Lacrites, uh, Krauta liqueur that you get in the States for the most part. Uh, I am drinking something called Stork Club still. This is part of my, my five whiskey countdown. Uh, this is a rye malt whiskey, and fuck, does it smell like rye, oh, no. and that's not a good thing for me most days. <laughs> I am not a rye whiskey person, uh, <laughs> but let me give this a little snifter, and, and we'll we'll see how we go. I, I still have to work later tonight, so let's hope it's not too bad, so I'm only doing So one. this is uh, Lacrit's Decor meet Farbstuff. And Holt Schuholtz. And all I'm guessing is 
what, Farb stuff is something bitter, right? Farb is bitter? Am I wrong? Um, let me see here. Farb stuff and hurt Zeusholtz. Well, Zeusholtz is something sweet, but okay. let me let me see Oh, here. Zeus, okay. Google Translate's okay. going to tell me. Yeah, um, Farb stuff. Uh, die. Okay, well, so I am going to... So, D-Y-E. Oh, that bums me. Oh, so it's just, like, black dye. No, that doesn't make sense, because then it'd be, like, Schwartz? I don't know. Whatever. I thought that... Hmm. Okay, well, whatever. That also might be Mark's bad German approximation not working. So, Zusholz is licorice. Yeah. (laughs) Um... I know. Anything that says Lacritz is usually black licorice, buddy. Gotcha. There's a lot of them here. Yeah, and there is a lot of them here. So, well, uh, cheers to you. Cheers to the the honeymooners and uh, Bill gathers moss. That's our episodes. Cheers today, to you, buddy. Um, I'm not gonna tap to- it down and slam it like you taught me, but <laughs> cheers on you, buddy. Please, oh God, please don't. Oh, hello, Rye. All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm very glad it's three in the afternoon. Oh God, it's so fucking buttery. <laughs> That's everybody needs buttery licorice first oh, thing in the morning. Oh, I've been that's, up since that's four. That's a statement everybody says. <laughs> oh my god, it tastes like fucking hangover pizza. <laughs> oh. Well, Mark is uh, trying hard, very hard, <laughs> not to retch. I'm gonna give you guys a cast of uh, cast characters for the honeymooners. We have Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Nancy Gribble, Jeff Boomhauer, Bill Dotree, <laughs> Chuck Garrison, Trisha, and Tilly Garrison. Uh, this, uh, formerly, uh, let's see, Tilly Hill. I'm sorry. I would say. What'd you, what did uh, you say, George? I mean, Tilly, did we ever, did we ever get Tilly's last name? Like her maiden name? Do we assume she keeps it as Tilly Hill? Oh, shit. It's, um, we know this. It's, um, it's, um, something, um, German, right? It's, um, no, Platter, no, Platter's, um, Matilda no. May Tilly Garrison, formerly Hill. Yeah. No, because Platter is the German one. Shit, I don't know, John. Right. Because she's not Kasner. Not anymore. They weren't ever married, were they? Or were they? No, they were never married. She would have been Kasner. But yeah, so formerly Tilly Hill, now Tilly uh, Garrison. Hmm. I'll be damned. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, uh, so we'll give a little bit of a guest star here before we get into it. Uh, Chuck Garrison, our only one and only appearance here, is our guest star this week. He is an actor named William Devane, and he sounded really familiar, but I don't think I've ever actually seen him in anything. This guy, like, I think at one point he, he did some look-alike work for RFK, because he definitely looks like, he, like a Kennedy. Oh, He's got okay. kind of sunken in eyes and a big strong jaw and shit like that. But I did look up that he's uh, one of his most notable roles is a 70s movie called Rolling Thunder. Mark, have you ever seen Rolling Thunder? Is that the wheelchair movie? The wheelchair basketball movie? N- no. Okay. This is from the 70s. You're thinking of Murderball. No, I'm not. I'm thinking of a wheelchair basketball movie. That I... No. Rolling. No. Hmm. Okay. What were you thinking? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So Rolling Thunder, movie from the 70s. The, here's, here's your synopsis. It's also got Tommy Lee Jones in it. Ooh. Okay. I want to fucking watch this movie. Um, you guys are about to do war movies. You should throw this up there. Uh, a recently returned Vietnam POW loses his family and his right hand during a violent home invasion and seeks retribution against those responsible. 
Um, like the picture of this is William Devane with a fucking sawed off shotgun in his hand. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm into this gritty 1970s revenge movie. All right, let's fucking rock and roll. Hmm. It just sounded like an excellent movie. So I might have to watch this if I can find it and I'll let you know if it's any good. Right on, man. Yeah. Also, I cannot yeah. find the wheelchair um, movie that I am thinking of, but I swear to God it's a wheelchair basketball <laughs> movie called Rolling Thunder. Anyway. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, let's see here. Before I get on to my synopsis, do you want to tell those fine folks where we actually did see Corrigan and Walsh last, Mark? Uh, yeah, I should know that, shouldn't I? Because that's why, Because that is my job here on the Dangle Podcast is to remind you where we saw people last. Um, we last saw Corrigan and Walsh, goddamn, a long time ago, in No Bobby Left Behind, and it was a two-tane, so. Uh, yeah, I remember it was very lukewarm, and, like, there's a lot of stuff that people love about that episode that you and I were just like, no, this is kind of not as good. Mm-hmm. We love Unidentified Special Needs Student. It, it's just too There's no too easy. way that I rated um, that abuse. There's no fucking way. I think my sheets, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I'm calling foul on myself. But but also, <laughs> point of order, we also saw him in um, Trans Fascism, and that was also a two-tane. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They are two-tane. Okay. Yeah. Two-tane. Well, uh, our synopsis for this episode, Tilly pulls a cotton and scraps Gary Kasner for a new mo- newer model, Chuck. She shows her wild side with a joyride in her RV before needing a helping hand from her new man. Um, I know I kind of buried some of this stuff here because, huh, guess what, guys? The woman is actually the one that saves the men in this episode. Yes, we get it. I understand. It's a thing. However, this is a, an entire episode about old people, and I'm going to rage about it. A story character, Hank, Tilly, Chuck, um, no real defined B story in here. Let's just jump right into notes. At the end of this episode, even though I don't have it because of my illegal rips, um, I read on the, uh, wiki that the end of this episode is dedicated to Brittany Murphy because this is the first out of sequence episode that didn't, like, it didn't release when it was supposed to, and she was Uh gone when it did. Wow. Um, because the our series finale premiered... Oh, this, is, this one is May 3rd of 2010. And so our mm-hmm. series finale was uh, about nine months previous to this. In it was September. in September, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, September the 13th, I believe. And so, uh, yeah, this has got a dedication to Brittany Murphy, who was gone at this point, which I thought was really cool. Uh, props to you on the wiki for putting that up there. I wouldn't have noticed it. Um, second note... Peggy, that chili is not wolf brand chili. What's wrong with you? How dare you? I'm sure you can find a turkey chili that's wolf brand. Con turkey chili. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, is is it just me? Am I going completely insane? Do I have a bad audio connection? Was I just watching on the wrong thing today? Um, Tilly sounds weird and off this episode, right? Does not sound like her normal self. Yeah, it's because it's not her normal normal self. This uh, voice actor is somebody named Beth Grant. It's not um, our typical Tilly Hill. Oh, no yeah. shit. Okay, uh-huh. I, di- I didn't uh-huh. even look at it. I just went, I just assumed they would have the same person for Tilly as they've always had. Um, Wow, oh, that's, well, shit, now I feel like underprepared that I didn't even know that. There's probably a story behind why the original Tilly isn't here. Well, because who is it? Um, Tammy Wynette, right? 
or Loretta is Lynn, one of those. It's one of them Uh-oh. big time country star. I'm trying to pull up the fucking wiki, and IMDb is just like, I don't know. Okay, so like, if you're gonna have a fucking app, it needs to work. And if you have a fucking website that you can't use on a phone without the fucking app, that app better fucking work. <laughs> like, and guess what doesn't work <laughs> ever? Fucking IMDb. Okay, King of the Hill. Okay, Tammy Wynette, then Beth Grant, then Kay Cowan. But Tammy Wynette was only the first one in 97, 98. So then Kay Callan would be the second generation, and then this Beth Grant would be the last one. Well, and it says Beth Grant only voiced her in 99. It says Kay Callan did 2000 to 2009. I I don't know. IMDb puts, her, puts it as Beth Grant, so I don't know. Interesting. Okay. I don't see anything in the in the here about it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's for a lost episode. If you and I get tired of our other project, um, we can we can <laughs> kind of discover that shit. Anyway, I'm glad it's not just me. She sounds fucking weird this episode. Like, definitely sounds off. This is not Party Island Tilly. This is not Christmas Tilly. This is not like let's get pounded by an ancient Jewish man on Peggy's kitchen table Tilly. Like, she's just off. Definitely off. Um. <laughs> Okay. Pounded by a yep. Jewish man. <laughs> yep. Um, Mark, You're Mark do you know what fluted masonry nails are u- used for? No clue. Fluting. Three, three penny fluted stainless steel nails or masonry nails are heat treated steel nails with vertical threads. You install cinder block, mortar joints, and other relatively soft masonry. You use it to attach furring strips or floor plates to uncured concrete. So for some oh. reason, Hank does a lot of concrete work, or at least likes to think that he can, if that's his favorite type of nail. Um, uh, that holds just... up, dude. Hank does a lot of concrete work. <laughs> we see Hank he do does. concrete a lot in this show. He does. He does. I don't. I I see him doing more with um with wood, and a, a, a like significantly more with wood, but even more than concrete. I see. I think uh, we can even make the argument that he does a lot with metal. So I would have expected him to do, like, self-tapping screws or something like that. Self-tapping shoes? I'm ever so pissed. <laughs> ever so pissed. I'm um, sorry, I had okay. to. Okay. <laughs> That's okay, little little Vicky. Um, do people still do the whole, I'm going to take my RV and ride into the sunset routine? Is that is, is Has that completely gone? Because I know no. uh, people in our fucking generation love to do it, but do old no. people still do it? Are you kidding me? Come to fucking Alamosa in May. Come to Alamosa in May and we're going to sit on my roof and watch fucking RVs try and pull in the city market. Do you know how many goddamn Texans assail this fucking tiny town every summer and, like, bitch about gas prices and how bad all the produce looks? It's, it is nothing but people in their goddamn 60s and 70s because nobody can afford it except for these assholes, man. Like... No, they are thick, they okay. are plentiful. These are the worst type of people, and quite frankly, if there was, if I could get all the old people into one RV, I'd put them on that RV and drive it out to the middle of the ocean and sink it. <laughs> These are the worst uh. type of humans in existence. They are driving up this fucking, just, it just, okay. Okay, Gary, uh, not Gary, I'm sorry, Chuck makes some amazing points, like, yeah, you only get two miles to the gallon. Guess what? It fucking does. But you know what you get when you're towing the Jeep behind you that is ultra necessary, old people? It's like less than that, and they can't drive them, and you don't need a special license, as far as I'm aware. Maybe you do, but nope. quite frankly, they shouldn't nope, have no a driver's license anyway. I don't even know if it's CDL. Like, I think you just need, like, an A-cert or something. Like, 
because it's bigger. I, the the two. Hey Nick, do you need a special license to drive big RVs? Let us know. You're a resident uh, yeah. trucker. Yes, please. The point is, like, I just. God damn, dude. I. <laughs> these are the worst people in existence, and yes, they a thousand percent exist. And I apologize for getting upset with you because you lived in a sheltered community in Denver where <laughs> the old people hid their RVs and their giant garages. I. Well, and like, I don't know. It wasn't always that way. I lived on the Western Slope for a while, and I, maybe I was just like intentionally yeah like, wait a minute you should know better it. you're right you did you lived in you're right you should know better hmm okay <laughs> um but i maybe i just maybe it just wasn't as bad where i was there's a lot of like super fancy schmancy people that just they like to drive red mountain pass but i don't know um it just it's very very strange to me this this concept of i'm going to essentially sell everything that i've worked my entire life for so that I can drive around and see a bunch of shit, but not actually get to experience any of it, any, any of it anymore because of inflation and the fact that I'm on a limited income and the fact that I have to continually maintain my house. Um, yeah. Doesn't seem like a very smart, smart plan, but I, I guess to each their own. Uh, my last note here before we jump to you is I think that Tilly might be overcompensating Mark in this episode. I think yeah. that she is justified in her, her actions, right? Of, of being the quote unquote wild one in the relationship, um, doing shit like parasailing and, and all that. It's, I think it's definitely like a, a wide swing response to the fact that she was oppressed by cotton and was with just very milk toast Gary. Like, okay. She's, she's kind of been oppressed her whole life. No, not really. Cotton was 18 years at best. I'm sorry. 18 years, dude. Like, I don't know. I I almost okay. I had the note here. I I don't know, John. This episode might this episode should be called uh, the Honeymooners slash Cotton was right all along. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I don't, I mean, <laughs> Tilly I is know. a complex character because we've seen her go through all sorts of of crazy shit, like an obsession with uh, miniatures. We know that she's got a bunch of friends, but I don't see any of any of the fucking golden girls going out and doing any of this shit with her. So they kind of bring her in a little bit. I don't know. know. Um, Also point of order escape from party Island was Beth Grant. I'm trying to find all these fucking Tilly episodes. Thank you. Uh, Anyway, after after you do that, you should bust it in your notes for me. Oh, no, I will. Um, My notes, here we go. Uh, My aspect ratio is off again. Great. No, Gary. Tilly, how could you? You cow. I miss Gary. I... I don't know. I, I get yeah. it. I, character no, this growth, is... whatever. Why should we assume that Tilly's going to stay with their new boyfriend that she's only had for an entire year? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Because <laughs> what happened? What's our timeline? We don't know. Wink, wink, wink. I, I don't know. I'm being a bitch. Johnny, I've got a retro reference rage question mark. Okay. There's a thunderstorm that's going to roll into Tucson. What should Tilly not do? Um, take her her big ass RV down into a ravine. Well, that. But she also shouldn't talk on the phone because lightning can travel through landlines. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> that used to be kids. That used there was used to be a legitimate concern that lightning could strike a phone pole and electrocute you. 
I don't know if it's real or not. I always heard it was. We grew up on the Eastern Plains, so, like, we were at the mercy of lightning storms. So, maybe it was just something my mom told me so I wouldn't talk to my girlfriend on the phone for hours at a time. But, I don't know. That was... Oh, uh, okay. I don't know, but I heard it. I heard it a lot, and then I heard it again today. I was like, oh, my God, you're right. That was a thing. And now cell phones have totally removed that idea. So, Bill's RVing dream is what the reboot is going to be for Bill. He's going to be a fit van life Instagrammer fat influencer in his like six or fifties or sixties, however old we're aging up that doesn't understand that no one likes him and thinks he's just a weird kind of buff creep that lives in a van. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> and I'm going to watch it. Okay. You would watch Dotrieve do his own like Instagram or, uh, or Twitter or, uh, TikTok videos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just like him walking around and being like, people in Muncie, Indiana aren't that friendly. They keep giving me the stink eye. And like you see Bill's van triple parked and like he hit an old woman or something. And they're all just like glaring at him because he just (laughs) keeps recording himself and doesn't understand how to like, you know, do anything because it's Bill. Um, Hank has a line. I've kept my powder dry until now. The fuck does that mean? Is it like... Is it like I've kept the gunpowder dry so I can still fire? Is it I haven't got super sweaty in my crotch so my gold bond isn't? <laughs> Do you know what I'm oh, saying? Come on, it's like, BC headache powder, Mark. So he hasn't added the BC headache powder to the water, so he's trying to not get heated. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? This, I'm sure it's a cool line, but it makes no fucking sense. It's, no, I think it is a reference to like um, old timey black powder guns, where you had to have your little powder horn, and if your if your yeah. gunpowder got wet, it wasn't usable at that point. Um, and so I really I think it's like, hey, I I've had the gun cocked at you this whole time, but I haven't fucking pulled back the hammer or shot yet because I needed mm. to see how this played out. But I'm fucking doing it now. Here's here's the shot across the bow. Hmm. Okay. Okay. At least I don't that's have a satisfying I answer. It. I just. Yeah, I'll take it. I don't I don't know that's why I asked you, honestly, but <laughs> Um oh, other than... You good? Yeah, just fucking rye whiskey. Oh, you didn't take I thought you took the whole shot, damn dog. Oh, I've been sipping. I've been trying not to not to shoot too much. It was a, it's supposed to be a sipping whiskey, but now I'm fucking salivating all weird. <laughs> Listeners, is this the episode where Johnny pukes on Mike? Johnny gets moist when he drinks whiskey. Keep your powder dry, John. Oh, my mouth powder. Uh, sorry, Mark, I interrupted you. Where were you? Well, now I'm trying to work around the ethics of mouth powder. Um, okay. Um, um, point of order in living on Red's vitamin C and that... Dumb Trucker episode, uh, Kay Callahan voices Tilly. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who anybody is. I don't know what's going on. I think they just have a rotating bevy of old hoes, and quite frankly, Kay (laughs) Callahan looked old in her IMDb picture, so I can imagine they had to go back because she wasn't around. Could be. So, Captain, I'm getting my master's in looking at people's brains. Um... (laughs) If we were going to play Let's Diagnose Tilly, what would you say? Because I'm marking high and low points, hyperfixation, and I think she might have dementia at the very least, if not untreated, at least manic depressive episodes. Like, uh, cotton, sure, but I'm reminded of, like, um, Escape from Port Aransas and talking about the hyperfixation on the miniatures, which I get being with cotton. Right. 
But, like, that kind of learned behavior should go away with time, right? Like, especially a lot later on in life until she gets bad again and then she can readopt it. So I don't know. If my if, if I understand my law and order uh, psychiatry like I think I do, bad memories come back when you get old because you forget to forget them. Well, let me tell you that uh, two years of school, two and a, almost two and a half years of school at this point, have taught me anything. It's that you shouldn't listen to your law and order psychiatry, buddy. Because shit. Uh, in in theory, if you don't treat it, it's not gonna go away. It's just gonna like hang out in the background until it has to flare up again. Um. Who really? says it has if to? I had... If I keep giving it beer, it's not going to say shit. You treat it like an angry gorilla. Just keep tranking it. It <laughs> just... Well, Mark, uh, like Tilly, you may in fact have complex PTSD, but who knows? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Next. <laughs> if I had to diagnose her just based off of what I know her situation is, it's complex PTSD. You get that when you live with a very angry fucking foreign war veteran that only has fucking feet sewed to his knees and screams at you the entire time and treats you like less than the piece of meat you're giving the dog. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Grab a dub dub. I think I'm in love. (laughs) (laughs) Clean peaches and heavy syrup, Mark. You guys don't have to come. Well, sure we do. We're the three musketeers and Bill. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sorry, Chuck was it? That's, I like, so at least this one is kind of like a meta episode and that like, we, like, we, of course so I don't know. Up. Well, but so for 13 seasons now we've been going, why the fuck are the guys here other than the guys are here? And Dale goes, and Dale just calls it out. Of course we're going to show up. And it's like, okay, cool. And then the payoff of them in the diner and, you know, hey, um, you know, dangle bail, man, Dale, you know, covered in pie and. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> you knew how far we were into this when you you let us get in the truck or something to you that know, effect. You knew how short our attention spans were when you invited us. You invited yourself. Yep. Um Bill and Boomhauer go Tomcatten. Alright, cool. And then finally, uh the Dave Matthews band was the one that emptied their septic tanks on a bridge that hit a barge. Uh no, the people on the sail barge were not happy. It was a tourist barge. It's hilarious. Uh, that story that Chuck is telling is inspired by an event that the Dave Matthews Band did. It's great. Wow. I think I might <laughs> actually like the Dave Matthews Band now. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> they're good for a laugh in a King of the Hill episode. Eh, okay. Uh, are we to pros? We are to pros, buddy. What do you got? Um. First off, I want a Japanese sex and any robot. Not for weird shit, guys. Just because I want one. Um, thank God for that country of tiny perverts. Thank God for that country of tiny perverts, indeed. No, tiny um, country of perverts. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess they're not that big pound for pound, right? Whatever. Ohio gozaimasu, Japanese listeners. <laughs> Unless they intentionally are that big, which, I mean, sumo wrestlers are, but... um, Ugh. Anyway, uh, I love that they immediately, like the animators decided to immediately show you the, the Peggy and Bobby walk, get out of the, the car. They make a comment, a very funny comment that I hear a lot about how hot it is in Arizona in the summertime. The mm-hmm. very next shot that they cut to them, which is less than 10 seconds, they are drenched. The animators decided to give them pools of sweat <laughs> underneath their yep. arms, around their necks, everywhere. 
they are soaking wet from sweat. And I'm like, okay, that is uh, definitely what checks out if you've ever been to Arizona, basically in between the months of March and October. It's awful. Um, I love that they turn on the backup camera in the RV and Dale is looking at them. That was a funny, like almost jump scare, but not quite jump scare. Mm-hmm. And I really think here that Chuck, Chuck knows his shit and why he's settled. Cause at this point he's settled for Tilly because she's kind of an asshole this episode. And he's clearly got the, the, the skills to go for something a little bit, a little bit better. What proves it to me that Chuck knows what the fuck he's doing is, Mark, what is 100% better when you cut it diagonally? Toast. Toast points are always better when they're in point form. (laughs) Someone's pitching woo. It it, it just is what it is, right? Like, (laughs) you tell me, you tell me, you go to, uh, you go to any breakfast joint where you're at. And you get your big ass breakfast burrito, and for some reason they give you a side of toast because they always fucking do, even though you're eating a burrito that's got all your carbs and shit in it anyway. They hand you just a big ass like thing of toast, and they don't do anything to it. Eh, that's fine. They give you the mm-hmm. like face up, face down sourdough that's been cut diagonally, and now you get like four little perfect pieces of buttered toast. Yeah, it's perfect. It's just okay. instantaneously you get kicked up a notch in my book. Toast is always better when it's in point form. It just, it is. I know you're not an egg person, but it, uh, po- toast points always get dunked in the dippy egg. Just perfect. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Those are my pros for this. Please give me something else to like about this because that was all of three, four, four pros. I only liked four things in this episode. One of them was toast. Well, so we had a pretty meta opening where I'd quit the band and whatever, and we really screwed it up because instead of me coming down to my entrance music, which I still need to figure out, I'm pretty sure it's another 4th of July ruined by big business. Um, anyway, uh, when instead of coming down the ramp, I should have called you, and you should have, like, midway, I should just, like, bring, bring, and then when you pick it up, you go, hello, and I go, hello, this is Prince Jabari of Africa. I need your help to podcast. <laughs> you should have. I you should have been my I really should have. And now that I saw that note, and it's one of the only two pros I have, man, I really should have shoehorned that one in there. But no, it's Prince Jabari. I think it's I think it's very sweet that Hank calls his mom to try and trick her. Like it's sweet for Hank, you know, it's a very Hank Hillism. Yes. Yeah. Um and then you already called it out. Peggy and Bobby losing their goddamn minds in the heat in Arizona. <laughs> it's i mean there's a couple of other moments like um, i have two favorite moments in here but that's definitely one of them um there's just not a lot this episode is well so this so well so i had a i had a moment in here where like dude this episode clips like we start like it just it just goes it just yes ends and suddenly we're in arizona and i'm like whoa what is going on and now suddenly like Oh no, we're back home and everything's cool. And I'm like, there's still 20 minutes in this fucking episode. What's going on? Like, right? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I'm with you though. It doesn't. Is it missing something? Does this need a B story or a? I don't know. Maybe a fourth act. I don't know. Uh, honest, I think it might. Like, like I said, it feels nagging to me because this whole episode is about telling an old woman what she can and can't do. 
And while objectively, we all know that Hank is in the right here, the writing itself tells us that he's wrong. And so we all get made, or we are all made to look like fools in this episode at the end. Um, and I honestly, if you're going to make me look like a fool in the end for wanting to protect the 70 plus year old woman and not have her on the road driving an RV by herself, then you got to make me feel a little bit better about something else in this episode. So yeah, give me a fucking stupid B story somewhere. Um, I, I don't, I don't even know. Um, give me a, a weird B story. So spend an, spend an extra 30 seconds with the hills in Arizona and have Bobby start like cracking stuff on the sidewalk to try and cook it. Right. Cause people do that shit all the time where they're like, I can cook eggs on the sidewalk. Cause it's, cause it's so hot here and all that shit. And right. then him and Peggy go off under this whole thing. Cause Hank is doing his own thing with his mom. Um, Peggy and Bobby now go off on their own thing and they're going to see how much shit they can cook on their sidewalk in Texas. Cause Texas is just as hot or hotter than Arizona. And it's a point of pride and they have to make it a thing. Like, Something stupid like that. I literally just thought that off the top of my head. But I, even that, it will it'll break up the the nonsense that is just it, apparently Tilly is a much better fucking driver than other people. But she's not. <laughs> she's but she's not. But, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like no, like. I'd rather have that than her getting called a, a live wire or or a pistol or or whatever the heck she is. No, no. But see, that's the point. Is this shit is cute, and this is why we let the boomers still live until we you know harvest them for their various you know natural resources. Like, is because Mark, oh put you're down the so Ross cute. Perot pamphlet. I'm sorry, I, I just found it again. It's an election year, John. I get a little cagey. Um, no, but this is the point. Like, oh, you're so cute, and then it's like. You're not. You're fucking dangerous. No one looks at, like, we see her taking out Khan's thing, and it's a joke. Ha ha ha. Oh no, no mint for my mojitos. But it's like, okay, but now she's on the road, and now, like, and then we get the scene of, you know, the truck, like, you know, she's driving, and the truck is, like, honking at her, and she looks all scared, and now we're supposed to feel bad for Tilly. No. Tilly is a danger to herself and others. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Hate old women. Hate old women. <laughs> Um, are we, are we through pros, buddy? Are we to cons? Did I even get oh, to Oh, hell pros? yeah. No, I only had two pros. I, ugh. Okay. I don't like this episode. Okay, we're going to get into cons <laughs> here. Um, I don't have any, like, real direct cons other than, for the most part, the episode as a whole, but, um, the, the introduction of Hank and Chuck, right? Yep. He says the word Chuck so many times that it, it makes it sound weird. It's like if I ended every sentence with your name, Mark. I think that's a great idea, Mark. Like he he uses it as a punctuation at, at points, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and he he keeps doing it for it's like a solid two minutes, and like that's a long time in TV, and it's it's enough to make me sit up and notice. And I'm like, you don't have to keep doing this. We already get that you don't like him. Even mm -hmm. when he wins you over, you continue to do this. Um, it just seems like a weird childish thing for Hank to be doing. Maybe that's the point. Maybe it's like, um, you're dating my mom or you want to marry my mom. So I'm going to be a fucking child and I'm going to be your fucking child. And you're going to see if you can handle this. But it just, it, it, it distracted me. It got me taken out of the moment. Not a huge fan of it. 
is it because this kind of feels like we're doing stepbrothers a little bit? Like, I'm not going to call Chuck dad, not even if there's a fire. Like, Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Because um, I'm with you. It, it just, it, it, the bit drags. Yeah. It does. Well, and I also want to say, like, for all the shit that they've gone through in 13 seasons, I would think that Hank would be a little bit more upset that Gary's not in the picture. Like, I, I get that he wants to be nice to Chuck, and this is the guy that's going to marry his mom, but I would think that he'd be a little bit more wary because it took Gary an entire episode plus to really kind of get into Hank's good graces. Mm-hmm. And so it just, for, for story's sake, Chuck just gets to come on in and and invite himself into the hills and, like, gets all buddy-buddy with Hank halfway through the first episode. Um, I know it's different, you know, Gary never talked to Hank about three penny screws but or three penny nails excuse me but i i don't know it just it feels it feels unearned um my next okay. con here is 70 year olds driving anything other than anything larger than a buick um i really don't want 70 year old people driving anyway 70 year old plus um yeah. but anything larger than a buick is uh, that's a gross misuse of of things going on i you know what oprah turned 70 yesterday or today or some shit I don't want Oprah behind the wheel. My solution here is when you hit a certain age, you need to have your license taken from you. Like completely taken from you. You don't get to drive anymore. You can yeah. still own a car, but you, you, you're not allowed to drive it anymore. And if you get caught, then it's, you know, there's, there's issues, there's huge fines, all this shit. And it, what really if, needs to happen? If, if you get caught, they put one of those breathalyzer things in your car, and you blow in it, and it goes, "Oh, old people breath," and it won't start. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely think that this, this. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, I genuinely think that you can start, like you can promote job growth with this, because I don't. I understand that people over seventy need to be able to go out and do their own things and everything else. That's awesome. Um, we need people that need that have jobs, like that need jobs. Uh, get a get like a boomer cruiser going around. Have people like train people to, to drive old people around. Give them a phone sure. number they can call when they need to go somewhere. Make it be piloted by people in their fifties who have to do it for ten years at a time, and then when they turn sixty-five, and they okay, here, I'm going to give you my solution to this because I like what you're saying here, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so. Let's just go ahead and say that because this is America, we're going to bump the retirement age up to probably 80 anytime now because that's what the president's at. So, of course, we can all still work too, right? But so as a compromise here, as a middle ground, uh, let's say that 69 is the nice age. You made it to 69, nice. You can't drive anymore, but you also get Social Security. But also, you're not allowed to vote anymore. You're getting free money from the government. You have no fucking say. Yeah. You are going to be dead soon, old person. <laughs> like... I, you shouldn't get to, you shouldn't get to determine after a certain threshold. I don't think you should get to determine what the rest of the world gets to feel for the next 30 years, 40 years. 50 I remember, years, I remember in like 2000, like 12, like when my granddad was still doing well, he would joke about, Oh, I don't fucking care who the president is. It ain't going to affect me. And it's like, that is a terrible, I get the joke. I understand, but like, man, just fuck you and fuck your kids. Like, you know what I mean? I, and that's the mentality of them all, man. Like, I am 90. I have no business piloting this RV. Ah, fuck it. I'll do it anyway. Like, you know? And the excuse yeah. is, I get to do it because I'm old. And it's like, I haven't died up until now, so I get to keep doing it. I just... I, I'm yeah. with you 100%. Like, 
But you know, too, I think I that's why it's... there's, you know, like the the DMV vision. You know, okay, okay, sorry. I'm now I'm putting a lot of shit together all of a sudden. If Mike Judge has one point to make in the series King of the Hill, it's that he doesn't like old people. Because we also see how Cotton is able to circumvent the law by trading Sani Annie's walking log and or memorizing eye charts. So, yeah, it's an imperfect system. And I think what Mike Judge is saying is, you know, just put them all in retirement communities in Arizona until we can harvest them. I'm pretty sure. Mike, if that's <laughs> not what you're saying, I, I expect you to let us know because I'm taking your silence as an affirmation of my pr- points here. Go America I, in 2024. I know that I'm cut with like you and I are coming off kind of ageist in this conversation here saying that no. once you hit a certain age, you, you basically become useless. And it's, that's not the argument I'm trying to make here. There's a lot of use. There's a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of shit that older, older folks can do for us, but there is a certain limit of safety for the rest of people that I think can be circumvented and can be implemented in a smart way. Um, I don't even know if it's ageist. I think it's just a conversation that nobody wants to have because, quite frankly, our old are living longer than they ever have before, and we are in untrodden territory. Like, you know, it's... What's the statistic? Like, something like 2,000 boomers die every day. Like, that's just what it is. And we're still Mm -hmm. not running out. Like... No one's making new ones. <laughs> like it's yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll put it this way. I see more Oldsmobile. I see fewer and fewer Oldsmobile Cutlasses on the road every year. But like the same number of old folks. No one's making either. But something's keeping one around longer than the other. Like yeah. It's I don't know. It's the I don't know. I think it's the current situation of the world too, where we think that we need to keep people alive forever so we can stick them into nursing homes and only visit them whenever because we just want to say that pop pop is alive do you know what i mean yeah i don't know this is not the conversation we need to be having because these are all i don't know whatever fuck old people i hate them you're right they're dangerous my my last con we're gonna we're gonna go back on course here last con that i've got here is not old person related but it is in fact continuity related mark because um let's let's see here we had an entire episode Correct me if I'm wrong, where Bobby gets to hang out in Gary's uh, apartment complex, his condo in Arizona. Mm -hmm. He gets to meet people. He has potlucks. He is king of shit and comes back and finds a like six foot tall Joseph and a very premenstrual Connie and all this other shit. And he has a he has a whole fucking like teenager awakening because of this. Right. Yeah, that would be I don't want to wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Exactly. I don't want to wait. He spent a good what? Two months with his grandma. Okay. I think that's what they say. At least I know it's it's more than it's like the a summer. Week. I I mean it's like at least the summer or part of it. Yeah. Okay. You use the magic word. I didn't have to force feed you. Bobby has you been to better. Arizona in the summer. How in the fuck exactly? How do you not know that it's that hot there? That's a very sententious that's point. That's a thinker. That's a thinker. <laughs> anyway. That's fucking continuity con here. I haven't been a dick about that for all one episode. So why not? Let's bring it back. Mark, give me your cons. (laughs) You're not wrong at all. We are fired up today. I'm mad. I'm mad. Cons, boomers, NRVs. Boomers in general, but boomers in RVs. They just can't handle them. Like, literally, uh, Chuck calls it out when he says, it's too much vehicle for you or whatever the hell he says. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's too much for anybody without a special license saying you can drive it. Okay, I'm done beating that point to death. Um, Maybe Cotton was right about Tilly. Dot, dot, dot. I just... 
I don't know. Um, Con, we didn't get a line in there when Tilly picked up Chuck, and we noticed that Chuck is limping. And he goes, oh, yeah, I uh, lost both my nuts to cancer a couple years ago, but Tilly got me replacements, uh, but they're both lefties. <laughs> oh. Con, of fucking course, Chuck runs a string of hardware stores. Of course he does, because running propane would have been just way too close on the nose. Like... Okay. Hardware stores is the acceptable replacement here. Yep, exactly. Yep, I just, I okay. Like, it can't be anything else. Like, couldn't it be something kind of weird where he made a ton of money and Hank is just like, uh, I made my business picking up dog shit. Oh. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just like... <laughs> he's like a multi-quadrillionaire and, oh yeah, no, I made all my like money I, picking up dog shit. Oh. I, I invested guitar. my pension in this... I invested my pension in this company called Earth Movers. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yeah, yeah, they just had their IPO on the NASDAQ. It's huge. I'm a millionaire now. <laughs> What's the guy's name in, um... Oh, the, the, the captain or whatever in the one where Cotton buys the timeshare? Oh, fuck, I know what you're talking about. I want to say, like, I I say, like, McGrunty or something, and there's, like, a cut where, like, Hank is standing in, like, the house. It's like, wait a minute, is that Captain McGrunty? Oh, yeah, I bought a bunch of those timeshares, and now I sublease them. I'm making millions. Oh, that's what I want here. I want Chuck to be doing everything that Hank has been mad at for 13 fucking seasons, and it, like, totally panned out for him. Anyway, um... Yep. Memory foam. Ugh, I'm glad that that one kind of went away. I hated memory foam. It grossed me out. It's a personal con. Yeah. Uh, um, why is Dale once again the unidentified special needs child in the diner? Because I'm sorry, a 40-whatever-year-old man should not be covered in that much pie unless he's a dotrieve. And even then, it's kind of unforgivable. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I got real mad at, you know, the waitress in the diner thinking that Tilly's, you know, safe to drive the RV. And I, I get really mad it. at Tilly for overestimating her abilities to drive the RV. Um, there's one person in the show who's an accomplished driver. His name is Hank. In what way would he think that going off-road was ever a smart or good idea? Is like, he's got a four-wheel drive truck. No, and that's stupid. That is stupid. It is okay. stupid, but it's Hank. It is the dumbest. It's 100% no, it's, Hank. No. It is needlessly reckless for Hank Rutherford Hill. I'm sorry. And okay. then the only reason he does it is to get backdoored into that ending, which also sucks. I'm sorry. Like, there's no fucking consequences for these actions. Like, yeah, sure, Tilly's okay this time. This time. How many more times will this happen? You know, like... Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a hard conversation about, you know, like, what do you do with your parents when they're getting up there in age? And I don't know. It's I think maybe that's the point of this episode, and neither one of us want to look at it that way. But whatever. Right. uh you got a favorite moment, buddy? I got two. Um, the first one is um, Peggy's line, and I see this a lot. I used to see it when I was on Reddit a whole bunch, at least once a week. Uh, Arizona is a monument to man's arrogance. Uh, if that's not the <laughs> damn truth, it's a great line, but is if that's not the damn truth, humans should not live in Arizona. They, we were not designed to live there. We have no business being there. There's a reason very few fucking plant and animal life lives there. It shouldn't fucking exist. And for that matter, we definitely shouldn't be growing crops and ranching out there. Our fucking water needs to go to another damn state. Anyway, back on the <laughs> ranch. Mark, you like pie? I like pie. 
If I've ever heard a fucking dotrieve of a line, that's it. And I love that he is getting somewhere with it. Okay. Okay. Like, um, that's a plus to me. Okay. Remind me to ask you something next episode. And I'm just going to make okay. No, I'm not, because I don't... Somehow on a desk with six notebooks on it, I don't have a pencil or a pen, so whatever. Um... <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me how that works. <laughs> um... All right, I don't so, ask you silly questions. No, I won't play them silly games. Um, but I will tell you my favorite moment, and it's the Mark Twain Fest. If we don't hurry, we'll get stuck in that traffic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares that I'm so in? I want to go to the Mark Twain Festival. I want to go fucking poke frogs to see which one can hop and whitewash a fence and, what, Jim's Lazy River Log Ride? I'm trying to think of Mark Twain-isms. Um, um, I am, we could, I don't even, honestly, we, we, we could go, we could go get a turkey leg in King Arthur's court, something about the Cardiff giant. Anyway, we could see the Cardiff giant. We could put it on exhibit. There we go. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, do you want to break down a rating system and want me to do it? You've been doing it a lot lately. I don't mind taking over this time. I, I have been doing it a lot lately. Why don't you, why don't you, you shoot her at me, buddy? I was going to do this as most irresponsible old WWE superstars, but then I felt that that was being mean and that would be ageist. So just say that all of them are Ric Flair and you like it, but you still don't want to see it. At the very, very bottom is Charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of a rating. This is an F-rank rating. This is a bad episode of King of the Hill. It's not good. It's not representative of the thing that we have come to love over 13 seasons. It's bad. All it does is get soot beneath your boy's nails. Above that is a Megalo. Megalo is like a bronze. It's like a C rank. It is a real turd. But within this turd are little shiny nuggets of okayness. The little things that like you're going to see and be like, all right, well, I guess that was kind of a funny bit and I didn't want to pull out my eyes for the entire episode. Above that is butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. It's good. It's middle of the road. It's a B rank. It's just there. You'll turn it you'll turn it on. You might watch it, but you're not going to go look for it. What you are going to go look for, though, is a Charking Imperial. A Charking Imperial is a gold rank, an A rank. It's a good episode. Uh, characters are used well. The writing is on point. The jokes are funny. There might be a good guest star. There might be an animation gag where they blow their budget that me and Johnny just go nuts for. Uh, but maybe <laughs> there's a line that doesn't hold up anymore. Maybe, just maybe, you need all the goddamn context in the world to appreciate it, and that episode is called The Exterminator. You know, whatever. It's all right. It's still a great episode you can show to somebody, but if it's the perfect episode that you could show to anybody at all without that context, and they don't make the bad jokes and like there's not drop lines and there's not aspect ratio issues and maybe we were too mean to some episodes because of animation in the beginning because now I do anything to go back to crappy animation King of the Hill because it was at least consistently <laughs> decent if you if you had the best of the best John you know what you would call it well you would call it the blue flame of valor that's right the pure blue clean burning flame of valor that is the apex the pinnacle the top of all these things about king of the hill the best episodes of all time that you can show to anybody with zero subtext or with that with zero context so on a scale of charcoal to blue flame what do you give the honeymooners all right uh i gave it a uh, drum roll please butane um okay here's here's my my reasoning here this episode is watchable yes uh there are moments of this that 
infuriate the shit out of me. So when it's not watchable, that's the reason why it's it's unwatchable. Uh, but really, my issue here is that uh, we've we've got a character like Tilly who we've established, and she doesn't act anything like herself. And you know what? You can chalk that up to character growth. You can chalk that up to, hey, we're never going to see her again, so why the hell not? Let's throw caution to the wind and try something fucking weird, because what's the what's the fallout going to be? We don't have any more episodes with her. And there's like three left for the rest of the fucking series. Um, I, I, I'm not going to shit on somebody for trying something new with a character that's been established, especially if it's a character like Tilly, who doesn't have a lot of backstory. Like, it's enough for a guideline, yeah. but a lot to play around with, right? What I do have issue with is the idea of um, her attitude in this episode, right? It's, uh, if I can insert a Futurama meme, don't you worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. That's the way she is about everything. And that is incredibly fucking selfish. When it comes to things like an ancient fucking person driving a huge vehicle around the country and potentially getting into trouble, getting into accidents, hurting other people, all that other shit. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't get to just worry about you. You get to worry about everybody else at this point. And if anybody knows you better than, than anyone alive, it's fucking Hank at this point. It's your kid. Right. Because your ex-husband's fucking dead. And your new husband has only known you for about a year. I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't like... A couple months. Like uh, Yeah. I, I, have a, I have serious issues with how selfish Tilly is in this. And how she is disguising it or trying to cover it up as I want to be independent. Let me be independent. Hank isn't saying that she can't go travel around the fucking country. He's basically just saying, um, don't fucking do that as your house. Right. So, eh, it's a butane. I, I'm not seeking this episode out by any means, but I, I don't know. I, I, for his, the single episode that he's in, I really do kind of like Chuck. Yeah, he's all right. He's, yeah, not bad. He doesn't rub me the wrong way for a character that is kind of inserting himself into the the hill, like, like right into the hill conversation. Right. You know, they're going to have to address him at some point, potentially, in the reboot, if they bring up Tilly and what happened to her. So, yeah, anyway, uh, what, did, what, did you, yeah. what did you give this guy? Um, so before I rate it, I need to come down on a point that we have been making a lot and we didn't make this episode and I made a point to not bring it up until right now. Does this feel like an episode of King of the Hill? Yeah, it does. It's mm. Hank having to fucking parent his parents and the reaffirming yep. belief or sorry, and the reaffirming through line that damn Hank Hill hates old women. So yeah, this absolutely yeah. feels like a King of the Hill episode. <laughs> Do I like it? No, not really. Is it enjoyable? No, not particularly. But it's kind of what you said, dude. It's just it's just so middle of the road. Like, this is the most butane of butanes there is. You probably watch it. Like, there's not any goodness in it, but, like, there's also nothing in here that's so egregious you turn it off out of rage. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. So all it's this is to like say... next episode. <laughs> so all this is to say, I get to go back into my files and dust off my old chestnut of putting in the two-tane sound effect right here. My dad says butane, 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 butane. But yeah, other than that, um, I don't know. It's a butane making it a two-tane. It's dumb, but it's better than the last fucking four episodes that I watched. Like, 
if I watched this in sept in, in May te- in May 2010, whatever the hell this came out, like I wouldn't remember how bad the last couple episodes of King of the Hill was. I'd just be like, oh shit, King of the Hill's on. I thought they canceled this. Right on. That was a weird episode. Um yeah. anyway, Johnny, what do you say we take this exit ramp onto our next episode? I say like a rolling stone, we probably should. Okay, this is episode two hundred and fifty-six. Bill Gathers Moss. Original air date May 4th, 2010. Uh, because just like Mark and I had mentioned, these were episodes that got aired after the, the finale did. So we had one on the 3rd, one on the 4th, one on the 5th, and one on the 6th. Because there were four unaired episodes from this 13th and final season of King of the Hill that eventually aired, but not on Fox, on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim Block instead. So... Uh, May 4th, 2010, uh, this is written by Aaron Abrams and Gregory Thompson. Mark, where did we last see Abrams and Thompson? So, when I looked up these names, I felt this, like... It felt like Lord of the Rings, John. I felt like Galadriel sensing Sauron's presence once again. Like Sauron had returned to Middle-earth, and she felt his presence. Um, I was Yamato sensing the Nine Tails Chakra awakening again from far Ooh. away and going, oh shit, that can't be good. Um, and then I had to remember when. All the way back in season 10, when we saw Aaron Abrams and Gregory Thompson write 24-hour propane people and Harlot Town. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't like you guys. I was I there 3,000 years ago, Gandalf. I was there. <laughs> was there when we should have cast Abrams and Thompson into the fire and Isildur uh, Mike Judge Dor said no uh, to be fair I charcoaled and you butane 24 hour propane people and we two-tained uh, Harlot Town. And I also remember Harlot Town fondly because that was when you were down here in May we recorded it for your like whatever that was you know your like all your hours and shit yes. that you had to make up at Adams but you weren't allowed to drink. So instead you got real high before we recorded and you didn't <laughs> yes. think that anything I said was funny. And you got really mad at me for suggesting that John Redcorn was a porn star. And you got even madder at me when I said. <laughs> and you got really, really mad at me then too. Yeah, I don't remember any of this. It's because I cut it out of the episode because you yelled at me. <laughs> I, well, fuck, for good reason. You probably should cut it out of this one, too. Oh, no, now we get to remember because Mark had to remember because I was there 3,000 years ago, Gandalf. Oh. Run us through okay, our well, notes, Abrams buddy. and Thompson, let's see if you, let's see if you can redeem yourself. Um, there's a fuckload of people that are credited in this episode, so let's start her off with Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Bill Dotrieve, Dale Gribble, Jeff Boomhauer, Octavio... Connie Subanusimpone, Joseph Gribble, Ramon Alejandro, Clark Peters, Stuart Dooley, fucking Carl Moss, Chad and Leif, or Leif. Uh, I, do you have, when you say happy Leif Erickson Day, how do you pronounce it? Leif? Well, you're saying it? Yeah. Okay, so his name is Leif. Not Leif, yeah. Because that's, that's the way the character's name is. Yeah, it's not Leif, but it's Leif. Well, Leif okay, yeah. so Chad and Leif, those are our, our TV roommates. Uh, voiced by Breckenmeyer and David Herman. Yep. Um, the artist guy that is voiced by Johnny Hardwick of all people that says he can't actually. Hey, cool. Right on. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, we have one. Well, Jimmy I had that Richard. as a note. Yep. What? Ooh, 
When's the last time we saw good old Jimmy Wichard, man? I, I don't know, but minute. I don't think we'll see him again. This might be a final appearance. Uh, Katie Calhoun, Luann Platter is a mention. We have a woman at Leggett Megalomart, uh, woman with Margarita Mix at Megalomart, the, the two lady yep. uh, lady roommates. Yep. One of them is Lauren Tom, oddly enough. They, they decided to put in here. Uh, non-speaking okay, role, okay. but we get to see her sweet, sweet can, as in Nancy Gribble. We have the debut of a character named Yuri, a cameo by a character named Judy. Kid Howard is in here apparently somewhere, and then we have Octavio's two yeah, brothers. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, he's in the back there when Moss is announcing the uh, fire sale. Nice. I didn't notice him, but I was busy angrily taking notes, probably. Uh, and then Octavio's <laughs> brothers, who are also Brecken Meyer and David Herman. Um, this is very interesting that you and I had a conversation off mic that it directly involves this uh, this person. Uh, so Katie Calhoun, Miss March, 1972? Yes. 75? Sure. Whatever, whatever Bill said. Okay, yeah. It's 73. Thank you. Thank you. Um, is, I don't know <laughs> if that's right or not. Voiced by a character named, or by a lady named Mimi Rogers, Mark. Mimi Rogers is an actress. Who is Mimi Rogers, Mark? Who is Mimi Rogers? Mimi Rogers is Mrs. Kensington from the first Austin Powers. The OG Mrs. Kensington. Oh, shit. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Mi Ooh, hang on. Just stop. Just stop talking. Let's just take a beat. Imagine what a woman looks like. Uh, not okay, Mrs. Now Kensington we can talk. looks Now like. we can keep talking about a cartoon for adults <laughs> yes <laughs> yes okay uh so she's our guest star this week um Hell i yeah. i love the austin powers movies they're fantastic anybody who says otherwise can fight me uh i don't really care for the third one but eh, that's that's me it was not the one i grew Dude, up i would i, I would love to get years. like yeah no i i love them and i would love to get your opinions on show the kids because i I would love. To, I keep trying to like bully Brad into doing like an SNL season where like we look at like SNL, like the big dudes in SNL and what projects they did. So like it'd be like Coneheads and Ghostbusters and the Mike or and the Austin Powers and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, come on. He if he if he can call go out there and call Adam Sandler the Sandman unironically, then I think, I think we can get this to work. I really do. We could do a mini season of, of us. And it'll be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Synopsis, Mark. Bill gets not one, but two new roommates. And if history has taught us anything, they're definitely going to make his life easier. And the kids of TLMS swap <laughs> ghost stories. <laughs> A story characters, Bill, Moss, Katie, and uh, I guess Hank. For the most part, because Hank sure. just has to introduce himself into every situation. B-story characters, it's yep. not really a B-story. It's an A sub 1 that feeds into the A. Bobby and Joseph with their uh, headless... What is it? Headless cheerleader? Prom Headl queen? Headless, headless prom, prom queen. queen. Headless prom queen. Yes. Um, Let's bump into notes. Before we do that, I have one retro rage for you. Okay. It's been at least a decade, I think, since we've had one, Mark. So I think this counts as retro now. Um, you remember centerfolds? Cause I remember. I remember, and I also wrote down in my notes, uh, Claire Sinclair, for things you've looked at for way too long a time. You might remember her as the playmate of the year in 2010 when you and I were living together in the fucking dank hole on Thomas Avenue, oh, and she yes. was. I just, 
I just remember because I had the subscription to Playboy that I actually did read for the articles, but I remember your lady took a dump at my house and she had read the Claire Sinclair Playmate of the Year interview and she comes out and she goes, this girl is so sweet and these Playmates are such bitches. And I'm like, you're goddamn right they are, (laughs) J-Ray. Remember because they talk shit about her because she had uh, brown hair and not blonde. I, I'm yeah. sorry. Let the record show that Mark Jones knows his Playboy bunnies in the 2010s. Because quite frankly, yeah, I had a subscription and I looked at naked women because I was 21 years old. But you're goddamn right I did. But it, also, it, like, man, John, I remember Centerfolds. Holy shit do I remember. A subscription to Playboy in 2010 is about the most hetero thing you can do, buddy, because... You are trying to keep print media and actual nudie mags alive in an era of, like, internet porn revolution. Can I tell you just how hetero I was? Because I also had a subscription to Outdoor Life, one to Field and Stream, both which my granddad bought me. Thanks, Grandpa. Um, And one to Muscle and Fitness magazine. Yes. I remember Muscle and Fitness. I would peruse a lot of that one when we were living together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, remember okay, like so, the good um, old days when we would go work out for like three weeks at a time and you would decide you hated me and I would decide that you were too weak to hang with me and then you'd like try again and yeah, I remember. It, fuck it, dude. We, we made it work. It's It was canten- or cantankerous and contentious, but hey. I want to thank your brother Adam. I know he doesn't listen, but like, <laughs> man, he became the weird like proxy lifting buddy I never knew that I had and shout out to you, homie. Anyway, he, he especially during that time, I remember he and I like extending or like exchanging like what do you do for your traps oh seated rows oh shit really oh yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. wide grip yeah okay yeah and now he's more yoked than both of us have ever been combined dude okay listeners johnny's brother is a is a fucking tank like that's all there is to say about it like he's got the good skinny buff and he's just like muscle on muscle on muscle on like bone frame he is amazing he's impressive um he's worked real hard for it Yes, he has. Shout out to your brother because he has put in a lot of time and work, and that is how you do it, man. Anyway, as I derail, here we go. Yes. Uh, notes. Give me your notes, buddy. We'll start with you this time. My notes, starting with me. Um, pro, it's it's not a pro. It's just a side pro slash callback to Dale and his mounted mouse calling back to the gun club. And I got <laughs> yes. in uh, how to fire a rifle without really trying, and I got to ask you, who do you think shot that mouse? Oh. Well, it's not Mad Dog because there wouldn't be any mouse left to mount. Um, cause he'd hit it with a desert eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Pr- pretty much. Um, and I don't think it's the, was it, who's the, is the crazy guy at the gun gun range? Um, is in how to fire a rifle. Is he also part of the gun club? The one that's missing an eye and half a thumb. Uh, tug. Yeah. I don't think so. I think he's just there. I think they kicked tug out, right? That was the joke. Okay. Well, I'm just going to so go. Bad. I'm just going to go with uh, the only other gun club character whose name I know because he's the gay vote and the black vote. I'm going to say Earl. All right. I'll go with Earl. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good callback. That's a, it's a good me making you reach back in your King of the Hill brain from three years ago almost. So, yeah, it's great. Proud of you, buddy. Well done. I genuinely like that whole establishing scene in the middle school that from, from when we cut into Tom Landry until Bobby looks directly into the camera and says, we're going to catch a ghost. Um, I like that <laughs> entire scene. I, okay. I like the build. Okay. So number one, like I love childhood shenanigans like this. We haven't gotten childhood shenanigans like this in a long fucking, it's been so right. long. I'm honestly mad that there wasn't more B plot. I'm mad that we didn't get more B plot with like the entire Scooby-Doo crew of, Clark Peters and Connie joining Bobby and Joseph. Like, right. 
I wish we had. It would have made this episode a little bit better. This isn't lacking like last or like, you know, the last one was where I think we could have benefited from a B plot, but like I would have liked to see more B plot here. It just would have been something that we could have gotten. And then also like why not more? Because it works in a way that you could open with this where we think the kids think the school you open on the kids talking about how weird shit is at Tom Landry. And then you can show two more segments of them, at least two segments of them experiencing spooky shit, culminating mm-hmm. in all of them together, ghost hunting, finding Moss, kick into act two. But whatever. That, that's me. That's just me being a shithead about it. I'm sorry. I'll stop being a shithead. Um, we have a callback to last episode. What is Bill eating on his couch? That's right. Turkey chili out of the can. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's a good call. Good pull. <laughs> um is that artist johnny hardwick question mark well yeah he is you already named it <laughs> claire sinclair things that i've looked at for way too long the mystery and then the disappointment of the girl's bathroom i remember <laughs> thinking yes. the girl's bathroom was this magical thing and then i remember like going into one in like middle school and being like oh this sucks and then i remember like cutting to college when you and me and mayhan and trudeau would just take group shits in the bathroom after focusing all night. We just take group poops in the girls' room and bond through that. It was good times. Um, I got the note, fuck me, this is just a rehash of the last episode. It's just a couple fighting. Great. But at least we know that, you know, Bill and Moss aren't smashing. I got to imagine the makeup sex between Tilly and Chuck. (laughs) Um... And here is where we also say that Mark really knows his pornography. I am 9,000% sure, having read Playboy for at least three years and seeing this man's work for three years and being a fan of his work, tangentially, that uh, uh, Katie's picture, the golf picture on the wall, is a note to the cartoon work of Doug Snide. Okay. You can look him up on your own time. It's uh, S-N-Y-D-E. Uh, uh, Discord won't let me send you his pictures because the flag him is not safe for work. So uh, uh, okay. I welcome you to look him up on your own time. But uh, that shot is very much in his art style. And I am 9,000% sure it is a nod to him. I don't care if it's not. She's a centerfold and this is the truth I am making for myself. And finally, when Beer is sad because Yuri is just hanging out in his house, um, he has drank seven beers. He has got one in his hand and there's... Or, so Sorry. There is one still in the ring, and there are six, there are five on the ground and one in his hand. He is on his se- he will be on his seventh beer here in just a minute. My point is, don't <laughs> go mowing your lawn to kill time while you're waiting for the illegal exchange to happen in the house, Bill. Johnny, yes. notes. Uh, well, I'm looking up Doug Snide, and yeah, I can absolutely see that. And also, props to this dude. That's some beautiful fucking artwork. Because I found his stuff on Google, and it's the safe for work. And it's, it is, uh, that is a really cool animation style. So, good on you. Thanks I, for that. I, like oh, I man. say, I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of his work, yeah. Yeah. I, but you know me too, dude. I really am a fan of pulp art. So, there you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I did a little bit of math, because, you know, Johnny is the math asshole of this show. Uh, Mark, did you know that if Dale Gribble killed one rat every day... For 10,000 days, it would take him 27.39 years to kill 10,000 rats. Wow. Meaning that uh, rats, which are, they're not mice, right? You don't kill them like 10 to 20 at a time usually. It means that Dale Dale has gotten into some hairy, gnarly, gross rats' nests at points. And like, 
fucked some things up like in great numbers because we know at this point that that's almost his entire career if not more than his entire career right if we backtrack through his age okay you know because okay. he would say that dale probably started being an exterminator at the age of 20 and so another 27 years would make him 47 we know he's not 47 he's like 41 i'm pretty sure uh, in and around the hills age. I think that's the kind of the established 40, 41 is their established age. Yeah. Um, and Muscle that's like, it's, yeah, exactly. And that's every single day of work. So this doesn't count the, the three month sabbatical he took when he was working for stick tech. This doesn't count for, um, when he's off doing any of his chicaneries, like getting his kidney taken out. Um, any of that shit, dude, Dale has done some work. I'm very curious to see, I wish I wish we could get like a, a two episode spinoff of just Dale the Exterminator and just watch what a day in the life of him would be. That's that's my pitch for the fucking future, guys. Give me Dale the Exterminator. Give me some best ofs. Um, Mark, what's the best rumor you got from high school? Because th this got me thinking this uh, this prom queen ghost massacre thing, a headless prom queen got me thinking of like, what are the rumors that spread around your high school like crazy? And Everybody always had the best one. And I like I definitely had some really gross ones, like the the wrestling teacher that decided that he was going to get all frisky and shit with his his coaches, and that was all fun and nice and dandy until he actually got convicted of it and is now spending a life sentence in jail for it. Um Yeah, I was gonna say, um, there's a line here where there's the rumors that were, you know, the urban legends and then the ones that were true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but I got to say the funniest one is also wrestling related for me. And it's that, uh, one of the varsity wrestlers ended up uh, quote unquote sleeping with a freshman that uh, happened to think that he was nice. And it, it, it's, I'm not trying to slut shame anybody here. That's not the rumor part. The rumor part was that she couldn't come to school for another two weeks because she got ringworm from fucking on the wrestling mat. Oh, and that, you know, that's true. You know, that's true. I, it's almost like it's, it's. Like, the, the facts were almost too there. Exactly. Yeah. I almost would have believed it if he, if he said, oh, have you ever wrestled before? No. Then why do you have cauliflower ear? I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, did, you, did you have a good rumor from high school? It's so fucking gross, John. <laughs> it's better Jesus cauliflower Christ. ear than cauliflower something else. Uh, um, there's also an urban, it was, it's weird. It's not an urban legend, but there's always a ghost story in the old middle school that number one, the pipes or that the water was poisoned. And we found out that the pipes were literally lined with lead. So that one turned out to be true. But there was also one about the ghost of a dead hooker that got shot at the post office in like the 1900s. And they called her black Mariah because she had black hair or some shit. Um, but all that is to say, I named my guitar after the ghost of that hooker. So nice. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a long way to go for a short drink of nothing. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> Urban That's legends okay. from, from a tiny rural community. There was also the time they beat up on the students from Pueblo because they were different colors. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Hank is 100% wrong here in this situation, right? He is wrong to tell what Bill. What situation? He, it, the, the fact that he gets to tell Bill who he can and can't have as a roommate. And he has to, like, insert himself. He's wrong when he picks Moss and says, yep, Moss is the best option for you. Everybody outside this situation would tell him this is a terrible fucking idea. 
And yet Hank just thinks that he's correct and it's going to be great. And he's way too proud to admit that he is wrong, even when he is wrong. And even gives that bullshit line of, I could have settled this with an egg timer in the bathroom. That got me and Peggy through so many things. No, I'm sorry. With with what we are seeing with with Bill and with Moss in this episode, the egg timer isn't going to fucking cut it. I There is no way. Hank is delusional if he thinks that's the case. Um... I don't like my, that Hank is viewing this as like a marriage. Like I don't. I, I guess okay. Yes. So I, I think my problem is more that like he took his early days with Peggy as like a roommate situation. I don't like that. That kind of bugs me a little bit. Right. But that's I just mean, me. And, well, and like you have to be able to have a, a roommate situation a little bit with whoever you're cohabitating with. I think it's not. Well, terrible no, yeah, to but I mean, like in way, the beginning, but... like. Right. You know, you look at it as right. like, oh yeah, she was my best roommate. I don't know. That, that's just me reading into shit. Right. But no, I just, I, this is an instance where I'm like, oh, Hank is, Hank is going to be obstinate and not admit that he is, he made a totally fucked up wrong decision. Like it was wrong to ever put Carl Moss in Bill's house. Like any which way you look at it. Uh, but he'll, he'd never admit it. Uh, my last one, and this will be kind of an interesting, cause we, we hit on this just a little bit earlier. Uh, it's going to let you guys know a little bit more about Mark and I, and, and what our preferences are, I guess. Um, uh, Mark, if you could live <laughs> with a playmate of the month, who would it be? And I'll give you my answer first, because I don't have as, as expansive of a knowledge. Like, I know the basic ones. I know Pam Anderson was a playmate Stop of the month at one Stop making it sound point. like I really know my pornography. I, hey, you already admitted it. So I'm, I get to get my, my n- nicer shit out of the way first, and then you get to get the That's like, true, weird, you do. You get to get into the weird, like, obscure hipster level of pornography knowledge that I could only a dream well, of. Well, while you're doing this, I'm going to pull out my giant stack of fucking Playboys that I still have. <laughs> so you talk, listeners, you're going to hear me rustling around in the thing hole. Hang on a sec. Johnny, go on. Yes. Uh, so, like, we all know some of the, the more popular or famous ones, right? We've got your your Pamela Andersons, your Anna Nicole Smiths, your um, um, Holly What's-Her-Faces that, that got a TV show. I don't fucking remember what, the name, what her name was. Um... You've got some of these. I'm pretty sure Tris Stratus at one point was a, a Playboy centerfold. I, I know Marge yes, Simpson was. was at one point, and technically yes, Marge Simpson yes, counts. Um, but I'm I gonna, have that one too, listeners, just in case you cared. I'm going to give you my, my deep cut here, and you're going to know exactly why I picked her. And it's going to be Sarah Jean Underwood. Why would I pick Sarah Jean oh, Underwood, Mark? Because of uh, G4 and Tech TV. I remember Sarah Jean. Shit, I remember yeah. watching that shit with you and like... You genuinely enjoyed her and her commentary, man. That's very she was, true. Also, she's I'm just you adorable. She's adorable and beautiful, and she liked video games and techie crap. And why not? She looked really good naked. Sure. Yeah, she was hot. Hundred percent. I would absolutely love it. It'd be great. What about you, buddy? You got a playmate of the month you prefer? I mean, offhandedly, no. I like I said, Claire Sinclair just made me smile because I remembered when, and I rem- I d- sure. I'll just never forget J Ray coming out of my bathroom and going, "Man, all these blonde bitches were so mean to this poor girl. She seems so sweet." And like that one always sticks with. That's really that's honestly the only reason that I remember the name Claire Sinclair. But also, I found her Playmate of the Year uh, edition. I sent you a picture of it just as like proof <laughs> that I'm not only talking shit all the time, always. Yes. Um, we are two pros, buddy, because that was my last note. What do you got for pros? Oh, pros, here I am at 35 years old and I can still get a boner. No, I'm kidding. 
Connie's here. Holy shit. And she's got a line. What? We have, when's the last time we've seen Connie? We've talked about oh. how little Connie there's been in these episodes. We haven't even seen her this season, got a line. I think. I don't think, I think you're right. Like, yeah, it's really depressing. I mean, we flagged that last week in uh, The Boy Can't Help It. Like, oh, hey, also, um, sidebar, I remembered. I'm sorry. Kate Upton. Holy shit, Kate Upton. Oh, my God, a million times over Kate Upton. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Bobby and Joseph are in the school. They are going, they're in Tom Landry middle school. They're going to hunt this goddamn ghost. Um, and one of them has a Scrabble board in the bag, drops the board when they see what they think is the ghost. And it just spells nothing at all with the Scrabble tiles. And one of them goes, those aren't human words. And they get scared and run (laughs) away. And that's when they end up in the girl's room. And that is hilarious. (laughs) Um, okay. Pro. I might not be good at sex, but apparently I can last longer than Carl Moss. Because literally, yeah. Katie goes in the house, Bill walks behind her 10 seconds later, they're already done. And I got yeah. at least three times that time on Carl Moss, so fuck you, Carl. Even with Claire St. Clair? <laughs> no. I would disappoint her so badly. And also, I've... No, that's a bad joke. Never, I was going to say I'm a gentleman. I've never ejaculated in front of a woman. <laughs> wow. Very hot, and I'll deal with it later. Um, what are your pros? Uh, first off, Octavio. Just Octavio. Um, we do not see enough Octavio in this series ever. He should be uh, on screen at any point. If Octavio's not on the screen, every other character should be asking... Where's Octavio? Let's let's be real here. That would make King of the Hill a much better TV show, I think. Um, <laughs> I in hey, it, Bill. Hey, I heard you. Hey, I heard you, and I appreciate you. And know that I'm <laughs> gonna hit you with just as deep a one here in about five minutes. All right. Good. Very good. Um, I am so thankful that we are out of the era of crappy '90s sitcoms like the one that Bill is watching. Uh, for the most part, they exist ironically now. They're still around. They still exist. We watch them because of nostalgia or because, oh, this is kind of cute. Um, people have tried to do the, the what is it, odd couple roommate bit bullshit for years and years and years. And since the 90s, it really hasn't worked all that well because we want a more sophisticated, like, thoughtful, provoking show. We don't watch this bullshit anymore. At least not without some sort of, of predication of, okay, I can feel better about myself or I'm learning. Like, I would definitely consider Big Bang Theory one of these crappy 90s sitcoms. The only difference is I actually here, here. learn some things every now and then when I watch it. Or at least pretend to learn shit about boson particles and, and fucking sine waves and shit like that. I don't know. It's been a long time since I watched that show. I don't think I, I'm ever going to watch it again. Anyway, no more 90s sitcoms. It's great. Um... Bill is actually kind of smooth in this episode, and that's a pro. Until Carl, I can ride a bike again. Moss interjects. If you can get that reference, I'm going to be really excited. Oh, oh, number three. Ooh, proud of you. Okay. Okay, Krusty. Okay. (laughs) God damn right. Come on. You got to get up pretty early in the morning and not have Mark Jones get a hemorrhoid joke about a Jewish clown. Come on now. (laughs) Layers upon layers, everybody. There you are. Um, This might be, and my last one here is, this might be the most Octavio we get to see in this entire series, in this one episode. And and it's like the last 30 seconds with him and his brothers and like, hey, I control the Northside, S.A. You don't get to do that. Like, we 
get to finally see some of the behind the curtain of Octavio. And it's not too much. It's just enough. And I'm here for it. I fucking love Octavio. Give me your cons, buddy. Uh, can I ask you which Octavia you prefer, uh, this one or Dale Be Not Proud, when we go smash in the fender, and now we drink. It's 10 in the morning. Now we drink! This one Dale Be one. Not Proud. Dale Be Not Proud. Okay. Mostly okay. because it's just Octavio, I don't have his brothers in the mix at that one. I am kind of bummed out. Oh, so, I guess I prefer this one, but only because I'm bummed out of the the joy that could have been the other brothers. Um... What would that be? Septavio and uh, Nuevo. Nuevo? I'm assuming that Octavio... Okay, so I'm assuming that Octavio is the middle child, Octavio the eighth. Um, so then yes. there would be Septavio and Nuevo. Yeah, eight, seven and nine. Yeah. Um, my cons, here we go. Uh, the title totally ruins this episode. Like, you could watch... Okay, so I forgot about this episode, right? And I was genuinely... Yeah. Like, had I not known what was going on, I again, calling back to my bullshit Scooby-Doo B-plot, you could have gotten so much more out of it at the expense okay. of, like, 30 seconds of Hank being Hank. Um, but the title ruins it because we all see the lead-up being built as soon as we hear the school is haunted and Bill needs a roommate. You start with the school's haunted and then follow up with Bill needs a roommate later, no one's going to get this shit. No one's going to put two and two together that it's Carl Moss living in the t- in the middle school versus the way we set it up in this episode. It totally screws it up and ruins it for us. Um, all right, so um, follow up to that. Um, I can't believe that Carl Moss is living here. Thanks, we forgot about the plot. Okay, cool. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> like they So they do that and they literally cut to commercial where Bobby is now called Hank and Dale and then they show up at the school, get there, and Dale goes, I'm going to punish you, Joseph, by using you as a human ghost shield, whatever he says. I don't know. Right. Um, and then there's Moss cooking his eggs on the Bunsen burner. Cut to back from commercial. I can't believe Moss is living here. Fuck you, Bobby. Fuck you, commercial breaks. Whatever. I get it. Um, the bells go off every 50 minutes. Moss and I are pretty much on the exact same sleep schedule. I oh. woke up last night. Every 36 minutes on the dot. And I can tell you that because every time I woke up, it was the next interval of 36 minutes. I hate it. It's bullshit. It's bad. And I hate it, but I understand you, Carl. Yes. Sleep would probably help. And all the extra booze doesn't. And that's why you fall asleep, jacking off on the toilet to fucking Claire Sinclair pictures. I understand buddy. I'm there too. (laughs) My last con here. And I, okay. So just pretend I'm saying this in an amazing Millhouse voice. Remember that time that Boomhauer got a girlfriend and he brought her back to Arlen and you said that she was going to show up some more, but then she didn't? Well, why did he have her nudes, Johnny? Why did Boomhauer have her nudes? This is two episodes in a row where we forgot that Suzette existed. Yep. We, we see Boomhauer, Tom, Catton twice in a row. Why did we have her nudes, Bart? Why? I just, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting because she came back. Where is she? I'm going to address Suzette here because I I am going I'm going to make this fucking work and I'm allowed to do it because god damn it it's four episodes, okay? What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you, I'm going to remind you that there are four episodes that are out of sequence that didn't get to fucking be played within the regular rotation here. And you know what? Because it's only four episodes out of 257 8 259 I think total. No, 258 total. 258 total episodes. I am going to take those four episodes and put them before the fucking Canada one 
I'm going to say that's where they were supposed to go. Therefore, Canada leads directly into to sirloin with love. That's how I'm going to fucking do it in my head canon. So sirloin is the natural ending. Uh-oh, yep. Canada is the precursor to the ending. Correct. Everything else happens before those two. We have a definitive timeline from those two back. And so... Okay, so if I'm understanding this right, we have... The, okay, so definitive timeline, right? Yes. Somehow we're jumping a timeline, and what, we're just supposed to assume that a wizard did it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> hey, Robert the Dog Quaffer showed up, and it was great. Um, okay, cons. First con, living uh, no, with Jimmy Witcher. I'm sorry, you're Featherbottom the Dog Quaffer. Hang on now. <laughs> uh, living with Jimmy Witcher is my first con, because fuck that. Absolutely no. No, thank you. Uh, second, Moss is the absolute fucking worst. I'm sorry. I don't care how forward you are, how unfiltered you are. You could be Bill fucking Burr and look me in the face and just be the most offensive human in the world. If you look at me and say, hey, you got Skinamax, I'm going to think you're a piece of shit. That is super fucking scummy. I don't fucking like it. Um, this man is around children. That should be a giant red okay. flag. Um... Because he's horny. And I'm really... Huh? He's horny. That's what you're mad at. Ugh. Uh, really, I'm, I'm very surprised that I didn't get a chance to call this out here. I said... I, I literally wrote this down in here. Somewhere in this recording, Mark is going to tell me to lay off a fucking Carl Moss. But you didn't. And I'm going to go and uh, one step farther and say, selling your ill-gotten Russian merchandise to school kids is one step away from just handing them the bottle of counterfeit vodka and getting them drunk. Carl Moss is about the worst fucking character in this show. I'm going to put him up there as my most hated character, even more than Ted Wasanasong, even more than Caleb wow. Full of Green Dust, even more than Mrs. Fucking Wakefield. This is not a surprise to anybody who's listened to you and I for over a hundred fucking episodes. Carl Moss can lick my butthole. I hate him. He can go away. I never want to see him again. That's my last con. Let's get to a favorite moment, buddy. Pro, your fucking hatred of Carl Moss. God, it is. You know what? Oh. There are three things in this life that you can count on that will always, always be the way they are. Death, taxes, and me fucking hating Carl Moss. <laughs> oh oh you I edit out the laughter when i just can't feel things and you hit me like that and <laughs> i'm keeping it in <laughs> um side note i asked you <coughs> oh my god i'm dying on nothing Ugh. um Side note, I wrote this at the very top of the episode, and I meant to insert it here somewhere, but did you know that Dale's in a Disturbed and uh, Phil Collins? <laughs> what? Yeah, so check this out. <clears throat> uh, to the tune of Land of Confusion. Soft shells will cower and cover their eyes. If this disturbs you, then walk away. For you will remember the night you were struck by the sight of 10,000 rats on the wall! Wow. Okay. <laughs> Just wow. I'm sorry. Just wow. You got a favorite moment? <laughs> I do. 
Uh, it's a bill. It's it's a William Dotrieve, William Fontaine de la Tour Dotrieve line, Mark. Um, and I'm pretty sure it sums up his entire character arc for this entire series. I'm a boring man, and I have no life. Oh. Out of his own mouth, man. He's finally self-actualizing. Yeah. Uh, You got a favorite moment for me, buddy? No, I generally like the... Okay, so, like, I like the kids yes-anding each other up until Bobby knows the exact origin story of the prom queen that was decapitated by the basketball hoop that was loaded up with too much paper mache. I think that... Yeah. I just... Of course it is. Of course, that's exactly what happened or that's exactly how she died. And then cutting into, like, honestly, it's a con. Personally, I hate, like, we don't break the fourth wall here unless it's, like, Hank Hill breaking it intentionally post-episode. But, like, Bobby just breaks that fourth wall, stares dead in the camera and goes, we're catching a ghost. It's like, God damn it. All right. <laughs> All right, fine. Set up the stakes for your Scooby-Doo episode bullshit and then it doesn't happen. But that, the entire initial scene, I just like it a lot. Like, And then Dooley, okay. like, she still wants to dance. That's great. I, that whole opening scene is amazing. Um, fuck Carl Moss. Anyway, your favorite moments, yeah. Again, no, that's, I think I, my favorite moment, I think that's the problem. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off really quick. That's the problem here. Your Carl Moss hatred was such that it totally derailed my brain because I was just up. so in awe of it. You, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was fucking like, you know, Central American seeing like conquistador ships going, what the fuck is that thing? Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. it was. I just, I was broken. Yeah, twice in well, an episode. Jesus Christ. Well, since we've hit favorite moments, then I'm going to blow your mind one more time and give you my rating. Mark, this episode's a fucking charcoal. It is 100% personal. Oh. In all caps, I hate Carl fucking Moss. It all stems from this episode. This episode has retroactively made me hate him from the moment I fucking saw him. You watch this episode one fucking time and see how shitty he is to Bill how terrible he is at his fucking job, how much he fucking takes advantage of everybody around him, and how he refuses to take responsibility for anything in his life, despite the fact that his only fucking job is to be responsible for the kids that are in his care. He makes it so that you cannot fucking like him in any other rewatch of this episode. This single episode ruins this character for the rest of the series, once it is seen, it cannot be fucking unseen. And Carl fucking Moss is a scourge and a bane on the people of Arlen. They would be better off if he went into a fucking ditch and died. That is my fucking point here. It is a charcoal. I am never watching this episode again. I'm sorry, Mrs. Kensington, because you're fucking great and I want to give you the, the, the royalty rights, the whatever three cents it is whenever I watch this episode. But... I can't in good conscience give a Carl fucking Moss any money. Mark, what do you give this thing a rating? And please tell me it's higher than a charcoal because I can't be the only one that hates this one so fucking much. Number one, when you said he is the Bane, you made me think of this. When you have tasted the J-Bone steaks, then you have my permission to die. Okay. I hate but him. Also... He's a used <clears throat> car salesman, Mark, and no one likes a used car salesman. No one likes a regular, true. brand new Carl sale, car salesman. A Carl salesman. Look at you, Freudian, slipping in your rage. Listen to oh. you choking on your own rage. Oh, how the tables have turned. No, this is a butane. It's fine. I like it. It has its moments. Um, oh. I agree with you. Generally, like, okay, so, like, 
Again, I don't remember this one at all. I remember that, like, Carl and Bill lived together, but I thought that Carl showed up during Bill's house. I thought that was the episode where him and Bill were roomies. Um, oh, why? Because he's a fucking stupid uh, asshole, drunk asshole? Yeah, because he's a fucking drunk alcoholic that's going through a divorce <laughs> and he can't fucking support himself. It's it's logical that he would show up in Bill's house, not in the last season. Like, Sorry. I really think that, like, this beep... No, 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 not at all. I really think that, like, this Carl subplot was, like... They wanted to put it in there and like, nah, save it. We can get more out of this. And I mean, they did like, you know, this entire time I've been, I've been really standing Carl Moss saying like, you know, he's an educator. He's an intelligent man. He went to Brown. It's the depression. It's, it's literally the weight of his weight of his intelligence that makes him a bad person. No, no, he's just a piece of shit. He's an asshole. Fuck Carl Moss. Um, if anything, I should bump this rating up more because, you know, you have finally made Sorry, I got the fucking Pinot Grige burps. You have finally made me understand a thing. Um, but so, uh, like, to that end, I got to ask. I'm sorry. I should have asked you just before I rated it, and I saw the note dumbly because I'm still writing these. But, like, um, this is season 13. This is Bill's last episode, right? This is the last Bill episode, right? The last Bill-centric one, I think, yeah. But this is the last Bill episode. This is the Bill wrap-up episode. And what do we learn? That Bill is supposed to be – so – He has okay. to be alone. Bill will always well, be alone. Okay, so I I can't look at life outside of the Stephen King verse. You know how like Roland per the Dark Tower is always to be reincarnated, always to pursue the Dark Tower, always to chase the always man in black, always to black, find the yeah. Dark Tower, always to bring down the tower, always to open the door he had, and then go chase the man in black across the desert. Um, yes, Bill is Bill is the gunslinger of Pantload. We have seen multiple yes. times now. We have seen multiple episode stories, arcs, whatever you're going to call it, of Bill getting roommates, and he's always worse off for it. All he wants is companionship, and all that kills him is companionship. So, number one, I posit to you that Bill is the gunslinger of pant-loady depression. His number is Oreo, and, <laughs> you know, he will pursue Lenore across the desert, but this is the last Bill episode. Is this a good last Bill episode, Johnny? How do you no. feel about it? Like being, cause this, we can say this is the wrap up, right? Cause like, this is it. And it's, you know, like literally he's in the title. So it's gotta be, or, or, or do you prefer it to be, um, sorry to sec bad news bills. Like, uh, what's your last bill episode, John? Honestly, I, I kind of wanted to be bad news bills because he's still learning at that point. Like, yeah, he's an obnoxious jackass and I hated him in that episode, but uh, I want it to be that because it represents what Bill can potentially continue that, that, that Bill can continue to grow right in bad news bills. He's he's okay. he's branching out. He's still working for Arlen uh, Arlen West or Arlen East or whatever the fuck it is. Um, he is still doing new shit. And yeah, he's still getting dumped on. And yeah, he's still getting way too overzealous. And he is he is what he is. But you know what? Bill is still actively working on himself in that episode. In this episode, we are dooming ourselves to a Bill that will never have a roommate, never be able to make a connection beyond his three best friends from high school. And he's going to die fat and lonely. Okay. So, so what's I, the better Bill episode? I don't know if, if I get if if like, you if you see the arc if you know where the road is going even if it's sad it's still a good road to go down because you know how you get there at least so which one is a better bill episode Johnny they're both <laughs> bill episodes but you know what I'm gonna go with with Bill the fucking softball baseball 
guy instead. Like I have okay. to. I have to. I want to end on a high note. I want to. I want to end with the idea that Bill knows that he's going to try and he's going to keep fa- failing, but he's going to get back up and he's going to keep fucking trying again. It's it's his speech to Boomhauer okay. after Boomhauer gets fucking dumped by his by his lady. You get back up and dang old love, okay. And okay. dang old love, you get back up and you just get out there and you keep fucking going. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, I'm going to give you that my answer for the last good bill episode is blood and sauce, but yes, whatever. it is. I make <laughs> it the absolutely rule. fucking I make is. the rules and therefore I can change it and call it as I see it. No, it's, it's a disappointing ending for a pant load, but whatever he was disappointing in a pant load. So he shouldn't have a good ending. It's and all that is to say, this is a hard season. Oh, hard series. I, it is depressing to me how Bill doesn't get better. I don't know what happened. I, what he gets on antidepressants or some shit in sirloin, but fuck that. Um, also, Hey, this is a butane out of me. This is literally middlest of the road. It has a really good start, has a really good premise, has a really good opening. Um, there's no way that you can convince me that Carl Moss is smooth or competent enough to take down Miss March. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You like, there's just no fucking way, bud. There's no way. Like, it's it's it, uh, it's a suspension of disbelief. But like, whatever, we'll take it. Okay. And also, I can also only assume that Carl Moss in his future will only be miserable, having done what he's doing now. So that's a side pro. But no, this is okay. Butane. This is middleest of the road. Um, I really think you could stick this one anywhere. Honestly, you could stick this in season three, and it would be appropriate. Like, almost. I mean, yeah. other than the other other than the Carl Moss divorce timeline, but like, really, did anybody pay attention to that shit? Because like, I was the only one yeah. that noticed that the Christians took over the school board in um board games, but whatever. Right. Uh, I do want to make a note before we we start rounding this out here because we are getting close to our end of the episode. Um, I Stephen Root, thank you so much for creating a character that I I feel so hard in my life, like. Making one that is so pitiable and fucking lovable and infuriating. I felt so many fucking emotions because of who you have brought to William Fontaine de la Tour d'Autrive. Stephen Root deserves a goddamn like fucking Emmy for the rest of his life for the just the acting that he has brought to Bill Dautrive. He is probably the most well-rounded secondary character of any TV show I've ever fucking seen. Hell yeah, man. Here's to you, Stephen Root. Yeah. Fucking A. Like, there's a lot of people in this show that they give it their all and they they fucking leave it all out there. But, God, Stephen Root crafts such an amazing one-time character. Like, you'll never get another Bill Dautrieve in the rest of your life. Never again. He really is the best pant load. Yeah, like, yeah. So. (laughs) Ah. If this is the last we see of of a good, like, Bill Dotrieve, if we don't ever get another, like in the reboot, if we don't get any other thing that explains or, or another Bill centric episode, goddamn Steven Root did his work. He did it well. And it will be remembered for a good long fucking time. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, right, I well, guess we are to that point and we, we are got to ask that question, man. Do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I love King of the Hill, but I am so glad we have two more episodes. <laughs> am yeah. I allowed to say that out loud? 
are, are these guys allowed to look behind the, the fucking curtain? It's not that I don't want to record this anymore. It is 100% that I am glad we are almost to the end of season 13. No, man. Last week I was done. I told you I was tired and I had stolen that line from you and you told me that you were tired. <laughs> we tired, boss. are tired. King of the Hill is tired. There are the there there are high highs and right now we are in our low lows and we have two episodes regular left now right john so two episodes the, and then we have our finale so yeah yeah Ooh. like all told we have five more episodes of this beloved adult animation classic king of three. the hill three more i drank an entire bottle of wine quicker than i meant to so i can tell here's it's good where we're at <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody, uh, uh, well, first off, I can ask you, Mark, do you still love King of the Hill? Oh, yeah, absolutely. King of the Hill is an amazing show. I love it. Um, it gets stupid. So does every other show. I can tell you that I love The Simpsons. We referenced The Simpsons. We referenced so much deep cut Simpsons that I think that we were got annoying about it tonight. But, like, to that end, I love it. But at the same time, I avoid seasons, I don't know, 20 to 31, I think. So Okay. Sure, you can hate swaths of a thing. You can hate entire chunks of a thing and still love a thing. And to that end, most of King of the Hill has been a positive experience for me, so I shouldn't be upset about it. So yeah, to that end, I still love King of the Hill. Um, I don't remember any of the episodes we got coming up. You were like kind of like um, elevator pitching the li- the the premises to me about like yeah. what, what was going to happen. I didn't watch it. I don't remember. Like this was maybe the worst time in my life. So, of course, I don't remember it. I'm excited to see where we're at. I'm excited to see where we go. Johnny, where do these people find us? Uh, well, guys, it's to that time. And so I'm going to tell you all that you can reach out to the Dangle Podcast on any of the social media platforms we are on. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, Gmail. You can get us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. we got a group there if you want to come and chat with us. Uh, it seems like our, most of our engagement comes from Instagram. Guys, we love hearing from you on Instagram. Uh, please keep commenting on all of the posts that we put up there. If you want to reach out to us and our uh, our collective as a whole, because this is not the only podcast that we do at the High Hammock family, uh, you can always reach us on Blue Sky at High Hammock Radio. Uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, I am Krautball on Instagram. Kraut is in sauerkraut and ball is in Swedish meatball. I'm up all weird hours of the night because I'm kind of on Colorado time, but kind of not on Colorado time about five days of the week. It's fun. Mark, what about you? Where can these lovely people find you and me? Well, so they can find me and you on the I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, a weekly retro or a weekly cinematic review show where I and my buddy Brad and sometimes you and our other buddy Josh, well, we'll come together and we will make other people watch movies that we love but they haven't seen yet. And then we talk about the all-important question, when do I show this thing to my kids? Um, when this comes out, we will still be well in the middle of our John Carpenter mini season. So please go check us out there. Uh, yes. Johnny, you're guesting on an episode here. You So you just recorded Dark Star with us uh, yes. the other day at Dunkelsterner. Yeah. Um, you were great on that. Um, I regret not having more notes about it to piss you and Brad off about it with my love. But <laughs> listeners, that's a s- secret for another time. You can also find me on the Two Wizards podcast where me and my buddy Josh, well, we stare into that void so you don't have to. This week, Josh and I got lazy and we talked about anime for about three hours and I cut it down into an hour and 40 minute episode. So go talk about Go check it out over there. Um, but I can also tell you that we had some other good shit on there and, you know, we actually, well, okay, I don't want to say that because it makes it sound like we're not trying. <laughs> you 
guys try. Go listen to it. Go listen to Two Wizards. We talk about anime. Go listen to. We talk about. We talk about everything. I just go listen to us there. It's been going on for three years. Um, we talk about weird shit. We talk about history. We talk about new shit. I don't. I don't know. Go do it over there. Uh, find me, Marky Stardust on Twitter. I'm not there a lot. Twitter's a snake pit. Um, high sex bots that don't follow me, but you respond to all my shit with see my vids. I don't want to see them, but thank you for offering. Um, all that is to say, uh, my name is Mark, and I sell propane and propane accessories. And my name is Johnny, and I am very thankful you guys have listened to us for this long, for this amount of time. Guys, have a great weekend. We will see you next week. Bye.